Welcome to the Virtually Varsity Podcast, where a win is a win and a loss is only a win if you played a good team. Here's your hosts, Jordan Harris and Taylor Red. Welcome to the Virtually Varsity Podcast. This is our first episode ever. Welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if you are familiar with the Virtually Varsity Twitter, you're probably pretty familiar with me. I'm Jordan Harris. I'm the guy who's been running the Twitter for the past year and a half. Uh, so you've probably seen a lot of my opinions. Uh, if you've been hanging around long enough, you've also probably met my co-host or seen him around uh Twitter and his name's Taylor Red. Taylor is the uh, producer of the Red Rankings. You may have seen those. Uh, you've probably been tagged in him when he tags like 100 teams at a time, uh, letting them know what their rankings are. Um, but Taylor, uh, quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, and then I'll introduce myself as well for those who don't know me. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, as Jordan mentioned, I am the, uh, I guess, creator of Red Rankings, which sounds uh, a little weird but uh, to say out loud, but I did uh, kind of create red rankings, but um, rewinding a little bit, uh, I have been playing lacrosse since uh, 97. I started when I was in sixth grade and I've been playing for the last 20 plus years. Um, I played at BYU with with Jordan uh, back in 2005, I think was the first year we played together. So we've been uh, friends and teammates for uh, way too long. Um, So I played at BYU, Uh, I graduated in 2010. And since then, I've been uh, coaching lacrosse at the high school level, uh, mostly. Uh, the last two and a half years, I was coaching at, with uh, with BYU, and um, I'm no longer coaching, um, but focusing on uh, some work stuff and working on the red rankings on the side. So, um, yeah, so uh, sort the, of. I think one of the temptations when you hear this podcast is to be like, oh, this is two BYU guys uh, that are just going to agree on everything. Uh, when reality, uh, for the people who like never met us, we never agree on anything. So Taylor and I have coached <laughs> together, uh, we've lived together, and we still have yet to find something that we can find common ground on. And I think one of the things I appreciate appreciate about Taylor is uh, that he always looks at things objectively, no matter how good or bad they are for a team that he supports. So uh, yes, we do have two BYU guys on here, but no, I think that we can, uh, I think that we can give a good take without being overly biased towards any one team. So anyways, I'm excited to have Taylor. Taylor's a nerd. Uh, he does a ton of stat stuff for uh, for his day job. He's kind of the person that turned me on to a lot of the statistic rankings and has been the person that called me out when I say things uh, that don't actually match real life. And oftentimes I'll ignore him and tweet them anyway. So anyways, <laughs> excited to have Taylor on. And as we go with this podcast, I, our plan is to also bring in other voices, other people that have different opinions from us. Um, but we want to give out some good content about the MC some thoughtful takes on what's happening there and give people uh, give people some deeper insight into how we look at the polls and how we come up with some of the things that, that we do to try and sort out a league that is coast to coast. It's a tough job. And so I think we've had a lot of fun diving in with both feet to try and get it done. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. You know, if we ever are, uh, seem like we're agreeing too much, we'd love for people to call us out and give us something to, to talk about and to debate a little bit. I think that's one of the the things that uh, Jordan and I love doing is kind of taking different uh, views and opinions and talking about them and discussing the merits, you know, and even if we uh, agree or disagree on something, uh, talking through it. And so that's what I think we would love to have in this podcast. So if you ever feel like that's uh, the case, then then please let us know and call us out on it. Before we get too much further, we're going to stop, uh, get a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll get right back into it. The Virtually Varsity podcast is brought to you by the Foundation for a Better MCLA Poll. 
Each week in the MCLA, multiple poll voters submit their ballots without ever having looked at the results of the games, or worse, they simply ignore them. Your donation to the FBMCLAP helps ensure that each week the coaches who are voting actually take into account things that are happening in real life. Your donation of less than a dollar a day can help a needy coach get the information they need to make better decisions before submitting their ballot. With your help, we can eradicate historical bias and lazy voting from the MCLA once and for all. Okay, Taylor, before we get into the rankings for the week in terms of how we'd rank the teams, I want to talk about a couple of things that happened this weekend in the MCLA. Uh, the first one, probably the most obvious place to start, is the one that ended up with millions and millions of views, which is the UVU wave, as it's now affectionately being called, is the the wave uh video clip that went viral. So uh, I, I have my opinions. I think people on Twitter have seen opinions from a lot of different people, uh, either supportive or this is disrespectful. I'm curious what your take is, and then I'll let you know what I, my feelings are. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. I mean, that, that's my first, my first thought when I saw it was this is super cool for the sport. And I think uh, more, more than that, I think it's really cool for the MCLA. I mean, I think I can't, I don't know if I've ever seen any uh, MCLA highlights on the ESPN app, but when I was looking through the ESPN app uh, earlier today, I think you may have actually pointed out to me, but it was, I was scrolling through there and it was, you know, one of the, the stories on the ESPN app. So I think it's awesome, the publicity uh, that's kind of generated and kind of show people that uh, the MCLA has uh, cool things going on about it. They have people who are filming the game and, and putting it in a really cool um, light and editing the videos to make them look really cool. As far as the the hand wave, um, you know, I'm not a super big fan of the hand wave. Uh, I, you know, we had a player when I was coaching at BYU last year who did something kind of similar, kind of egging on his defender, and, and I wasn't a big fan of, of that at the time. Um, you know, I, I get that it's competitive, and I don't think it's a huge deal, uh, but I don't... Now, hold on, hold on. Do you think that part of the issue of why you don't like the hand wave is because you never had the opportunity to use it because <laughs> you never broke anyone's ankles? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a defender, uh, and so <laughs> I was usually the one getting waved at uh, more so than, than waving, at, waving at anybody else. So that's certainly part of it, I'm sure. Um, but I think uh, part of it is I just, you know, when I was coaching last year, I, I would told... Uh, I told the guys to to do uh, any of the the disrespecting or or that kind of stuff, you know, on the field and kind of show uh, your opponents by outplaying them. But um, but like I said, I, I don't think it was super malicious. Um, I don't think it was uh, you know so like so disrespectful for the individual player. Um, so for the most part, I think it was a great it was great for the for the sport and for MCLA. Well, I've been I've been counting the views on the different things. I think Barstool picked it up, ESPN picked it up, House of Highlights, uh, all these things, and I just been roughly adding the views together. I think it's it's well over five million views within a couple days, which is bonkers and insane. Uh, and yeah, I don't so think there's, I, 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 that's certainly not bad for the yeah. League. And and I don't think there's anything else that you know uh, of all the the efforts that have been put in the MCLA, nothing has come close to getting that sort of uh, publicity. To the MCLA. So in that regard, I don't know how you can say it's 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 bad. 
Now, does it have any long-term effect on the MCLA? Maybe not. Like, this isn't going to be the type of yeah. thing where it's like, I remember seeing that highlighted, the guy waving. I think I'll play MCLA. I don't think there's going to be any of that, but it's not bad. And at the end of the day, it, it to me, it says two things. One, uh, if you want to get your, if you want to get lacrosse to go viral, take better video. Uh, you know, rather than these high-angle shots of, of lacrosse games from from LSN or the different na- networks where you see somebody kind of shoot it, and if you know lacrosse, you're like, oh, wow, that was awesome. But the average person has no idea what just happened. Uh, the the real credit in this should go to Kiwi, the guy who filmed this, uh, who, again, he works at BYU, so we're just producing great talent. Uh, he's, a, he's a media producer at BYU that just kind of comes around, films all the lacrosse games. He played lacrosse at Southern Virginia which I think makes him a really great uh, lacrosse videographer because he understands how the game moves. And so he's always right there doing it. But that clip was awesome. It was edited great. It was in 120 frames per second so they could do the slowdown. Uh, No wonder it went viral because it was awesome. Uh, In terms of the respect side of it, I'm a little biased because I know the UVU staff. I know the coaches. I know how they act. I know uh, what they're teaching. And I have no concern that that this is some systemic thing. It was a heated game with with, uh, Simon Frazier. The guy tries to – behind the back rap check and hits his back and he gives him a little wave it's being blown way out of proportion because of how big the video clip got not a big deal uh yes it is cool for the mcla but at the end of the day i think it'll just be a passing moment that we remember that was all pretty cool as we move on so yeah you know i i mostly agree with that uh, as far as it not having a long-term effect i will say that i think um there's still a lot of guys on on different campuses throughout the country at the mcla level who kind of look at it and like, yeah, I'm not going to play because I have other things going on. It's really club ball. And there's certainly that sort of mindset outside the MCLA. I think seeing these kind of things make it seem a little bit more, um, you know, know, it's a little bit more real. Like I think how a lot of of the players feel, a lot of the coaches feel like, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into this and, and it's, it kind of shows that by, I think the professionalism of the uh, the way it's edited. So in that regard, I think you might see a little bit, but but I don't know if it's really going to you know, swing the needle at all. But I you know I do think it adds a little bit of professionalism to the uh, to the MCLA. Yeah, the key is going to be consistency. Can you get more than just this highlight? Can you get other things yeah, that, sure. that go viral in that same thing? Uh, but yeah, I think the the biggest impact will be for UVU. How cool is it? You know, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. You've got Michael B. Jordan commenting on it. You got all these big names, and you've got millions and millions of views. There's no way that's not awesome if you're a UVU player to have your name and your school kind of plastered all over the internet for a couple of days. So uh, yeah, certainly the biggest impact there. So, anyways, the wave. Uh, everybody, chill about it. If you're not, uh, we'll call you a curmudgeon, even though I think Taylor's a little. <laughs> bit of a secret curmudgeon but uh, <laughs> anyway we'll move on that was a, that was a fun thing for the weekend I thought it was pretty cool uh, so I want to move to a segment I want to talk about uh, biggest winners biggest losers from the weekend pretty big weekend uh, in the MCLA a lot of uh, top 10 top 15 matchups and kind of coming into this there was a lot of teams we didn't know enough about uh, to really decide where they should be ranked um, so Taylor uh, first why don't you start uh, one and then I'll do one who do you think was the biggest winner of the weekend for you my biggest winner I think was was ASU I think uh, I, I kind of had the, the feeling they were going to have a, a good year this year. Um, and I think they, they kind of continue to show and continue to roll. Um, but the big win over CU and CSU, I think uh, for me, I thought CU was going to have a really good year. I, especially my biggest question with CU was could they uh, get some offense? And I think um, they, they showed some offense uh, the last couple of weekends. Uh, so I think CU is good, and for them to blow out CU, I think was was a big statement for ASU. So for me, they're they're my biggest winner of the weekend. 
Yeah, I agree. I thought I said this at the beginning of the year. I thought ASU was going to be a team that was going to have a bounce back year. They lost a slew of one goal games last year. They had had some coaching turmoil. Uh, they ended up changing a few things, and so this was just a team that like they didn't need much from last year to be significantly better. Uh, and I thought one of the themes for the weekend, in in addition to ASU winning, was teams that took early losses, learning from them and playing better. You have ASU who had that that uh, lost to Cal a couple weeks ago. They looked significantly better against CU. Uh, you had Chapman who lost to GT, they lost to Cal, and then they come back and they look great today against Michigan State. Uh, but back to ASU, I thought, to me, what was surprising was not so much that they won the games. I think that that was always in contention. It was how commandingly they beat both those teams. Uh, that was super impressive, and I think they need to be rewarded in the polls for it. I'm not a big margin hawk of a guy who's like, uh, let's look at the margin to, to, sort out, to sort out the polls, but you can't ignore how big they won. No, I agree. I mean, I think saying three goals versus two goals is kind of silly, but to say, you know, they were in control, I think from uh, at least the second quarter on, I I believe uh, against both of those teams, uh, I think that says a lot about, you know, the talent they have and, and just piecing it all together. And like you said, just kind of taking that next step. Okay, so my team that I think had it was the biggest winner of the weekend. I think it was probably Chapman. Uh, you have you have a Chapman team that hey, their schedule started out brutal. Uh, they have kind of an underlooked uh, first game of the year against USC, who has continued to look like they're just on the cusp of being very good in the MCLA. Uh, they handle business in that no problem. Nobody really looks at them, and then they go out and they lose two one goal games to Cal and GT, who you'll see in our polls in a second are both going to be in our top fives. So really tough games. But either even though they were top five games they were still in need of a win coming into this weekend and you got the defending national champs coming into town and and they end up uh winning in i think more convincing fashion than the score showed uh really good game i thought chapman i I thought michigan state did a really good job to hang in it because i thought for a better part of it chapman looks significantly better uh than michigan state i thought a couple of the weaknesses for chapman in the first two games uh were specifically goalie play and i thought uh Goalie was awesome today. I thought he made stops when they needed to happen. Uh, he w- he was really on point today and it made a big difference. I mean, you held Michigan State to eight goals and some and those goals that they scored, some of those shots were incredible. Uh, so a really good uh, weekend for Chapman, exactly what they needed. I think it'll keep him back in the top ten. And I know Dallas Hartley last week was telling us not to put him in the polls. Uh, so everybody that moved Chapman out of your polls, time to move him back up into the top ten. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, they were they were my second biggest winners of the weekend. For all the reason you said, uh, reasons you said, I, I, the biggest one for me was the goalie play. I think um, I think there were maybe some question marks there uh, in the last couple of games. Maybe not, but that was kind of the the uh, what I took um, away from those games. And I thought he played phenomenal all game. I think he had some saves that uh, really just uh, deflated Michigan State. Um, I will say I thought Michigan State played phenomenal, but they uh, but Chapman just looked like they were in a little bit more of a groove. Uh, I thought on offense, Chapman really had a great game plan on how they wanted to use their guys. Uh, some of the two main games on the wings that I really liked, and, and I thought it really put um, uh, Michigan State on their heels, and it just looked like they were kind of getting back into uh, the Chapman that ended the year last year. So I was really impressed with Chapman. I- I kind of like the move uh, to put Bonham on attack instead of midfield. Look like he played a lot of midfield the first couple games. Uh, he played attack, yes, or I guess today this this afternoon. And I thought he looked really good. I thought he is he he seems like he's kind of the commanding presence on that unit. They got a lot of really good players that can play offense. Uh, but I just like having Bonham out there at all times, and I thought it paid off today. So. 
Chapman had a great week. Yeah, I think Bonham on the wing playing that two-man game and really forcing teams. They were going kind of big little on the wing there. I think it really put a lot of pressure on, on Michigan State, and I think you'll kind of continue to yeah. see that as they go. But I, it, Well, again, you, saw, you saw Georgia Tech counteract that with a little bit of a zone look. Yeah. Uh, so he's getting a lot of those sweeping dodges, and they ended up just starting to pass him. I thought that was a clever way to slow him down. I imagine that Chapman will probably be more ready for that next time they see it. But you got to do something because Bonham can, can do it all. He yeah. can feed, he can dodge, and he's got a great shot. Yeah, no, I, I, I was very impressed with them today. Okay, last one. Uh, who else do you think was the biggest winner of the weekend? Uh, I think so. I mean, the three I had were ASU, Chapman, and the third one was Cal Poly. Um, I think they kind of started off a little rough uh, with, uh, I think, two losses. Um, but now they're starting to string together some wins that are that are starting to look, uh, you know, not great but solid. And I think they're kind of getting their footing uh, for a tough stretch ahead of them with Santa Clara, Virginia Tech, Chapman, and then uh, BYU. Uh, so they got you know a, a decent stretch ahead of them, but I think they they're starting to get their legs under them, and so um, I think uh, for that reason, I thought they're they're kind of on the on the way up. I think Cal Poly got incredibly overlooked in the last poll. So uh, you know if you went and looked at all the individual ballots, I think you'd see some people that just did not realize that Cal Poly smoked Grand Canyon, um, and. So I think that this week they should get a bounce back from that, like uh, voters actually realizing what they did last week on top of the fact that they just went and took care of business this weekend as well. So good weekend for Cal Poly. My last one that I thought had a, a great weekend, uh, kind of not so much because of what they did. They took care of business, um, but because of what happened around them, I think Cal, I think you'll see Cal will be the consensus number one team uh, coming into this next week. And they took care of business against a good USC team. So did exactly what they need to. And I think they'll step up into the number one spot uh, this week. Uh, let's talk about uh, biggest losers. Who had the worst weekend? Which teams are, are suffering because of what happened this weekend? Uh, for me, it's it's Texas A and M, and I like Texas A and M a lot. Um, but you know, they were undefeated until this weekend, and then they lost uh, to Georgia, and then again to oh, sorry Georgia Tech, I think, and then Georgia today. Um, so you know, I think it was a little people are kind of giving the benefit of the doubt, and then to lose those two games, I think really put uh, a damper on what they were were trying to show that they were were doing. So. Um, for me, I think they were the biggest losers because uh, I, I had them uh, pretty high in my last poll. Um, and so obviously I think they bumped down a little bit. Yeah, I think they could have weathered the Georgia Tech yeah. loss. Uh, I think the Georgia one mm-hmm. hurts. Uh, Georgia has, has struggled coming out of the gates a little bit this year. And so to lose by four to Georgia today, that's uh, really going to put a damper on Texas A&M. And as a team I like coming to this year as well, I thought last year they had a lot of good games. I thought when I saw them play BYU last year, I was impressed with a lot of stuff they did. Uh, so I was thinking this might be a team that could come in, maybe make some waves. Uh, but this weekend, losing both those games is going to make it tough. And those, those are always hard, you know, on the road. Uh, you're traveling and, and you're playing two very good teams. Uh, but either way, I think that was a rough weekend for them. Uh, I think a team that I is just having a really tough stretch, and it's mostly because of the schedule, uh, is UCSB. I thought they had uh, probably one of the the tougher weekends of anybody in the league. They lost the game to Northeastern. I think was it was earlier today. Um, losing that game by one that hurts. You lose to Santa Clara, who's a fringe top twenty five team. So now you've lo- you've racked up losses against two. 13, 14, 10, 22, 23. It's just so many losses in the poll. Like your only win is Brigham Young, which is a great win. It's always going to look great to have a BYU win on your schedule. But one in five, it's tough to keep him in the poll. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else you think had a bad week? Um, I think the other uh, is maybe Virginia Tech. Uh, not, not a, I don't think it was a terrible week, but uh, I think the loss to South Carolina uh, and, again, how they lost was a little rough. But 
I'm willing to give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt against a good South Carolina team, I think. But um, West Virginia getting beat up pretty good by Western Michigan, I think, uh, puts, you know, their game, uh, was it last weekend when they played uh, West Virginia? Um, you know, makes yep. that look a little bit more dicey. So I don't think that's, you know, I don't think you knock them a lot, but I do think for me personally, I, I just, Virginia Tech lose a little bit of their strength that they had kind of going into uh, the season. Um, I just don't feel like they are really putting together a really good resume, but um, obviously it's still a really great team. And I think they'll be uh, ranked uh, pretty. Yeah. Pretty and, and they have the overtime win against Connecticut who goes on to lose to Liberty by five. And, and so some of those things are a little bit catching your eye, maybe not enough to drop them too far. You lose to South Carolina, who's, you know, the number three team in the country right now, soon to be probably number two. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're just looking a little bit off compared to last season. So they'll have plenty of chances to turn it around, but they, they could have had a better weekend for sure. Uh, and the last one I'll say is probably Stanford, you know, Stanford had, had kind of been on the cusp, the voters not really believing in what Stanford had done so far. They hadn't really been rewarding them for being one of the only undefeated teams in the country. Uh, and then you lose that game uh, to Cal Poly. Not just you lose it, but you lose it by eight. That's going to make kind of a lot of the voters are going to say, okay, we were right. We were right about Stanford. So then yeah. not only are they not going to get the rebound climb that they probably should have gotten for being undefeated and beating Santa Barbara, a good Arizona team, beating Sonoma. Uh, but now it just seems like it's really tough to get Stanford that high in the poll. Uh, with that loss, which is kind of sad for them, but yeah, that's a that's a tough loss this weekend for them. Oh yeah, and I think their their wins are diminishing. You know, Santa Barbara seems like they're still kind of struggling, trying to get their feet under them, and and to, so that was a nice win, but uh, it doesn't look as good anymore. Um, and then uh, I think the other big win they had was Arizona, but I'm not uh, Arizona is one of those teams. I'm not really sure exactly who Arizona is either. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's start getting into ranking the teams before we we get into the actual number ones through you know one through twenty or whatever we're going to end up doing here. Uh, I want to ask you, who do you think is the toughest team to rank in the poll right now? I think the two for me are, uh, are UCSB, uh, and maybe this is some bias leaking in a little bit because I do feel like they're good, um, but they have so many losses that it's hard to really uh, justify them. I think are they up to six losses now? Are they one and five or? Oh yeah, one and six after the Northeastern game. Yeah, one and six. Yeah, so uh, so I mean that's tough to put them in. Although I think they're good, and, and um, you know, and, and then because I don't know where really where to put them, it's hard for me to put BYU. And as much as I'm a BYU guy, um, it's it's getting harder and harder to put them, uh, you know, in the in the top fifteen uh, when they've lost a team that just keeps on sliding. So those for me are the two. Um, Trying to think, if there's any other ones that are a little bit tricky. Yeah, I think uh, I'll add a, a thought on that. I think BYU is really hard to rank with UCSB because you're probably going to be 20 to unranked with UCSB this week. It's probably going to be the consensus amount of voting. And if you have them unranked, then what do you look at BYU and say? Okay, you have a win over Simon Fraser, who's unranked. You have a win over Boise State, who's unranked, and will probably both those teams will stay unranked. And then you have a loss to Concordia, who's proved to be pretty great this year, uh, and a loss to UCSB, who's lost to six other teams. Um, that's, I think that does make them tough to rank, but I think with BYU, it, to me, it just doesn't matter because the schedule is it for them lays out in a way that you're going to know one way or the other. They go to Arizona this week. Uh, they play Arizona state in grand Canyon. When they come back from that, you'll know plenty enough to, to get them started to get slotted in the right spot. So I think BYU is tough to rank this week. I don't think they will be as tough next yeah. week. Uh, the team for me that I, I had a hard time ranking was Stanford. Uh, you've got that win over UCSB, which now is 
what does that actually mean? You, you and six other teams have that win. Uh, so where do you put them with the, the Cal Poly loss and a slew of, of unranked wins? I think Stanford is a tough team for me to play. Yeah, I guess. Game. Yeah. And I agree. And the other one I would say is I kind of mentioned it earlier is Virginia tech. I, I want to put them high, but I just, for, for whatever reason, I feel like their resume is getting a little uh, diluted. Um, again, I think they'll have time to, to, uh, strengthen that um, and make that more clear. But for me, that's another team that I have a hard time figuring out exactly where they go. Yeah. And, and resumes are, are, are tough to gauge in, you know, the first week of March. It's, it's tough to remember. Like we, it feels like we've been at it for a long time, but we really haven't. Most of these teams we're talking about have like four or five games. Uh, and most of them have been against unranked competition. It's just not enough info to make really good decisions. So the point is it's tough to make uh, really good decisions about teams that haven't played a lot of games so they'll be tough to rank but the the, the key is being able to reevaluate your entire poll every week and make better thing uh better decisions for it um so before we get into the rankings taylor real quick uh you and i have 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 been leaning heavy on uh data to try and make decisions in the poll um with you having the red rankings is, is something you look at i look at rpi i look at the red rankings i look at, at a few different things i'd like to ask you before we get started how do you use that data when you're putting together a poll does that make up the majority of your decision is it make up a portion of it but not not the majority how do you use the data to kind of help you put together yeah your poll? well i'm a huge data guy and uh but i still don't use it entirely i it's part of of what i look at um, you know, I use the, I, I like the, the rankings that I, that I've come up with. There's, um, some other rankings that, uh, that I, that I've looked at that I think are, are good. Uh, and I usually use those, um, to make sure that I'm not like blindly looking at the traditional kind of powerhouses. I think it's easy to get caught up in the same teams over and over again. Uh, so I like to kind of step back and look at some of those teams that I might not have, have thought, you know, were in the conversation. I think the ones that I've um, that come to mind this year, like Clemson, uh, Arkansas. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones uh, that were West Virginia. Yeah, Arkansas, tough loss yeah, this weekend to yeah. SMU. Uh, Dominican, you know, teams that, that I may not be really on my radar. Um, you know, it really just kind of helps me to say like, hey, let's look at these, at, at their resumes and kind of see what they're doing and see if there's something there before just jumping to the, the preseason top 25 and moving those, uh, you know, incrementally. So I use it for that. The second thing I use it for is, is kind of tiebreakers uh, and you'll kind of see it in my, in my rankings if we go through it all. But, um, you know, there's some teams kind of like GCU and BYU that I have similar resumes, you know, for me. And so sometimes I'll look at, at those rankings, those, um, uh, algorithms to kind of give me a, a, a way to, to do a tiebreaker. Um, so those are just kind of two ways that I, that I do it. Other than that, I, I, I try to watch a lot of games and try to, to say like, you know, how do they look? Um, you know, which the eye test can be deceiving, but I think that there's a lot of value there. So I try to do a little bit of both. So. Yeah, I think especially early season, the data is just incomplete. As as we get further in the season, the more games, the more scores uh, that you have in your algorithm, whatever that is, if it's RPI or if it's the red rankings or if uh, – what do you remember what the guy's name from Austin is that come up with MCLA rankings? What's his oh, called? Uh, uh, sport sport uh, – give me a second. I'll find it. <laughs> Yeah, find find it, and we'll we'll give him a shout out because he's got a nice ranking system that is is uh, he's been using to rank the MCLA teams. But when you look at any of these, they get better with data. So early on in the season, it's hard to lean completely on him. If you you've seen the red rankings that have come out sometimes, and you look at him, you're like, oh, these are pretty bad rankings. Well, yeah, they don't have enough information. They're ranking exactly the data that has come in, um, and there's just not enough. So I think right now, it, like you said, it's something to help uh, confirm things that you believe, or maybe point out places where you might be a 
little bit, uh, ignoring some of the data. Um, but it'll be more valuable as we get throughout the season. Lean on it a little bit less to hear yeah. the start. Uh, so the guys in Austin are, are Sport Numerics. I believe his name is Will. Um, and I think uh, he's kind of shown me some of his uh, what he's doing, the write up and everything. And I think it's 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 pretty uh, pretty slick. So I, I think it's it's worth. Do you have a Twitter Twitter yeah, handle for Sport him that we can shout out? So Sport Numerics, we'll we'll also tweet it from our account if you guys are following us on Twitter at VV Lacrosse. Uh, we'll give him a shout out so you guys get a chance to follow him. But yeah, check out Sport Numerics. It's just another way to look at the data. All of these things, RPI, Red Rankings, uh, Sport Numerics, uh, Lax Power Before It Died. They're all just different views of the same data and you can try and use it to get a good picture. And that's about it. So anyways, let's jump into the polls and uh, let's go straight down and let's say who we have in each spot. Your number one team in the country this week. Uh, California. Yeah, California, I think, is consensus. I don't think there's a lot to say about it. Cal has been really good this season. Uh, The Chapman win looks significantly better after uh, Chapman took care of business against Michigan State. Uh, But you've got wins over number 20 right now, Santa Barbara, number 17, Cal Poly, number 9, Chapman, number 10, Arizona State, number 15, Florida State, and a very good USC team. So I think that that should be the consensus uh, when we come in. I'd be surprised to see them splitting votes, but if they do, it would probably be with uh, your number two team or your number two or number three team. So uh, for number two spot, I actually have uh, South Carolina in my two spot. I like what they've done so far. I think they probably don't have that real signature win in there yet, uh, but they've done exactly what they needed to. And this is a team that was in the final four last year. Uh, Some question marks about who they'd bring back and and how they would would, uh, respond to to graduation. But at the end of the day, not only have they been winning ranked games, they beat Virginia Tech, Boston College, Florida State, um, but they've been doing it in – relatively convincing fashion you know two goal wins against Florida State and Boston College but they were in control relatively the majority of the game and then a five goal win versus Virginia Tech they've been doing it comfortably so I have South Carolina at two Taylor who do you have at number two yeah I I uh I hear you on South Carolina I really like what they're doing down there um in Columbia uh but I just have a little reservations mostly because I think they graduated a lot of you know kind of their studs so I'm a little hesitant to put them there uh, I have Georgia Tech at number two. Uh, I think they beating Chapman, especially now that Chapman's kind of getting back to it and kind of showing that they're they can play. I think that win looks really good. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Georgia Tech at number two. I think I think in the for the most part, you're going to look at a grouping here of one through four that almost everybody is going to agree on. Maybe and maybe it's even two through four. Maybe there's consensus that California is the number one team, and then you've got two, three, and four uh, that you could rotate any team through. If you told me Georgia Tech was number two instead of South Carolina, I'm thumbs up on that. Um, for number three, I have Arizona State. So uh, I think Arizona State, that win over Colorado to me was super impressive. I was high on Colorado coming into the season. I like a lot of the transfers that they brought in to give themselves a little bit more on offense, which is something that I think they needed. Uh, So when they came out and just dominated Colorado, uh, that's impressive. And you add on top of that, their only losses to Cal. Uh, They took care of business against Colorado State in a similar fashion. Uh, I'm impressed with Arizona State. So they they get my number two spot or my number three spot. Number three, yeah. I have them at four. Uh, before them, I have South Carolina, which you know we've talked about, and I think they're a good team. I could flip those two back and forth. Um, uh, fortunately for South Carolina, I think their next stretch in the next week or so, uh, we'll get uh, you know we'll get plenty of information on how good South Carolina is. But for now, I have South that's Carolina a, at three. That's a tough stretch. That's a tough stretch yeah. all the way across the country. So you're there for a long time in California. Uh, yeah, certainly South Carolina, should they come out unscathed, is going to have a really good uh, really good argument for being number one. Uh, so you're right. It's the same thing. Like We'll know plenty about South Carolina after the California trip. 
Yeah, so that's my four. Did you say four yet? Who's your four? Uh, four, I have Georgia Tech. So kind of our okay. groups, my, my one through five, I have California, South Carolina, Arizona State, Georgia Tech, Chapman. So I bumped Chapman up with the win. I mean, their only two losses are to teams ahead of them by one goal. Uh, the, the win today I thought was really good. I like Michigan State a lot. So I let them sneak into my top five. I think you have them at six, so we're not too far off in terms of where we have Chapman. But I gave them the, the bump all the way back up to five. Yeah, and I think this is going to be unpopular, I think, but I actually have Michigan State even uh, above yeah, Chapman. I so I have Michigan State at five. I personally didn't like it when I saw it, but I wanted to just make sure I waited <laughs> until we were on the podcast to tell you I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, So I, and, I, and I know a lot of people aren't. They're going to say Chapman just beat him head-to-head. How can you put him above? Um, and I looked at it, and I think you kind of talked about it. I think uh, Michigan State was, was hanging around there, and I think they showed they can play. They have some great players, especially – on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but uh, they, this is like their first real test and Chapman has had, you know, at least three, I think this is at least their third big game. So for them to, to kind of knock the rust off and get their feet moving. Um, I just feel like Chapman had a little bit of a, of an edge by playing those early games. Uh, I think Michigan state still has a lot of, a lot of pieces that are, that are going to be good. I think the other thing about Michigan state is, you know, they're still trying to figure out some of the new guys. Uh, you know, they had a dominating faceoff guy, a dominating goalie last year. And both of those places, um, you know, I thought their goalie, uh, I think his name is white. Um, he, played he got well progressively. In the second half. Yeah. Second half. I thought he was lights out. Uh, I think the first half, you know, there's again, just a little bit of getting used to him. Um, so I think, just getting some more experience for him, getting him settled in is going to help. And then, uh, and then their faceoff guys. I think you know they struggled with faceoffs, and last year they that wasn't something they had to figure out. And I'm sure you know their coaching staff is going to figure out the faceoffs. But um, but today they struggled a little bit. But I I guess I'm ranking a little bit on potential, and I think uh, those are close. I could t- there's a toss up, but I gave the edge to to Michigan State. But well, it's probably I don't not like it. I'm on the record as I don't like it, um, but we'll move on. So uh, let's do this. Let's let's go six through ten. I'm going to say my six through ten. Uh, let's have you say your six through ten, and then let's let's talk through kind of why we have. We I think we have most of the same teams. Uh, I have one team that's not in there, and you have one team that's not in there, and we can talk about it. But my six through ten, I have Liberty, Concordia, uh, Michigan State, Colorado, and Cal Poly. Who do you have? Oh, man, that's very close in different order. I have Chapman at number six. We talked about uh, CU at seven, Boston College at eight, uh, Concordia at nine, Liberty at 10. Yeah, Liberty's tough for me because I think they're good. Like, I think Liberty is pretty good, but they're just not the results this year to say it. Like, you look at their their tournament performance last year. They trended up. They had a, a very convincing win over Clemson and then a win over a Connecticut team that took Virginia Tech to overtime. Those were both pretty good wins, six goals, five goals, respectively. Uh, those are, are big wins. I just don't know what to do with them yet, but I like them, so I'm kind of giving them the nod where it looks like you're kind of in the prove-it mode for Liberty a little bit. Yeah, I'm in the proven mode a little bit for Liberty, even though I like, I, I love the coaching staff at Liberty. Uh, you know, I'm big fans of theirs, but I'm a little bit of, uh, I just think those other teams have done a little bit more. Um, but I, I kind of feel the way you feel about Boston College. I think they went toe to toe with South Carolina early. Um, and then, you know, they've had uh, four or five wins against solid teams, but none of them are great teams. Um, so I, I'm a little. Like, I don't know, I gave them benefit of the doubt. Uh, some of the other teams below them I thought hadn't really proven themselves. So um, so that's why I had Boston College, I think, uh, higher than – I don't think you had them in your yeah, top you have, five. Yeah, you have them at eight. I have them just outside at 11. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other team I think 
that we both are are high on, but maybe not as high as like I think they're better than their rankings even right here is Colorado. They just got slapped yeah. by Arizona State, so it's really tough to say. Oh, I think they're actually better than that. But that's a talented team, and I think you saw it, they've started slow in almost every game they've played. Uh, in Oregon, they were down I think four to one. They ended up blowing Oregon out. They go down I think five to one to Grand Canyon. Same thing. They end up blowing them out, uh, and then they started slow again against Arizona State. But Arizona State uh, a cut above those other two teams held them off the entire way. So Colorado's got to figure out how to start faster, but I think that's a team that has just insane potential this year to be very good. Uh, but I think they should be down. Like I have them at nine, and I think that they'll have plenty of chances to earn their way back up, but you can't reward the fact that they have some really good players. you got to re- reward results. Uh, Concordia is one that, that we that I, I, I have not been sold on uh, this year in terms of – I watched them play BYU. I've watched them play a couple games, uh, and while they're good, they just didn't seem – Great. I watched them play against UCLA and a little bit against TCU. So that we've had the benefit of watching them in streams. I just haven't been convinced of Concordia yet. However, I did say to you as we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, Concordia changed everything midstream in like December. New head coach, totally yeah. new program. So you'd think that the rationale would be the worst period of time for Concordia. The point where they're going to be the worst is these first couple months. They just haven't had a chance to gel with the system. They're still learning new things, still working out the quirks. And it looks like they're trending up. They had a really good win today against Northeast, or I guess yesterday against Northeastern, who then came out and beat UCSB. So I'm starting to give Concordia a little bit more of a nod and say, yeah, that was the, that's a pretty good team, even though I was maybe a little bit of a doubter coming into the uh, first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, for me, and this goes back to, to BYU. I mean, I, I don't know where to put BYU. So winning by three against BYU is, uh, is I, you know, I don't know how much credit I should give there. Uh, fortunately, in the next, you know, in the next week, we see them play Michigan State um, and San Diego State. And then I think they have a, a pretty good stretch later in March where they play, you know, the Colorado, Chapman, um, uh, Colorado State, Grand Canyon. So, Again, fortunately, if, you know, if they're able to continue to take care of business like they had to this point, then they will have a very good case for a great seat at, at nationals. But right now, yeah, but, I'm but, just you, a but bit... you got to be, you got to get past Chapman and you got to get past Arizona State, who look yeah. great. Like having watched those teams play, Chapman and Arizona State look at a different level than when you watch, like I test against Concordia. So they've really got to to climb a little bit of a hill because it's tough to get a good seed being the third best team in your conference. So they need to pass an Arizona State or a Chapman before. Before the end of the season yeah and for me i thought they had moments of really uh, you know the two games i saw which was the tcu and, and the byu game there were moments where i thought concordia looked like they were as good as anybody i just didn't see a full game like i thought the chapman game today i just felt a lot more comfortable with what they were kind of showing for the full four quarters um to put that you know to put concordia in that same sort of uh tier as, as those guys but i think they had the potential i think like you mentioned, I think just gelling a little bit will help a lot. Um, you know, but we'll we'll see in the next month or so. Yeah. So in terms of that, I think those are those are the interesting teams in that group. Uh, let's do uh, eleven through fifteen. I think this is where we start to diverge, and I think this is where ver- voters will start to diverge. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of arguments for teams to be rearranged in this. Like honestly, from here, I ranked out twenty nine teams. Like it was more helpful for me to say, okay, I've at least thought about them and I put them in a spot. So when I was doing this poll, I, I ranked out twenty nine teams because there's just so many arguments for people to be all up and down <laughs> the board here. So, uh, but for me, I have at eleven, I have Boston College. 12 I have Stanford uh, and probably that's my least uh, like 
like if I were adding a confidence interval to that, I'd put nothing on it. Like I have very little confidence that Stanford should be the 12. That's where I think they are right now. Uh, I have Virginia Tech right behind Stanford, Grand Canyon, and Brigham Young rounding it out at 15. Yeah, so I had uh, Cal Poly at 11, which I think you had higher. I just uh, had him at Florida 10, one State, spot. Okay. Um, Florida State at 12. And, uh, you know, they're one that I'm not really sure. I think they have three losses or so. Um, so it uh, seems a little bit high. but Yeah, I, so they have know. losses, losses, two goal losses to South Carolina, eight goal losses to California, one goal loss to Boston College. And kind of their signature win is a one goal win over Santa Clara. Yeah, so they don't really have great wins, um, and those losses, you know, we, we joke around about, uh, you know, good losses, but I, I do loss. think quality loss. Um, but I do think those, you know, they they have at least shown they can at least hang with some teams. Um, so they're I don't have a lot of confidence, but in that, but but Florida State at twelve, Virginia Tech at thirteen, which I've said I don't know how confident I'm in that. Uh, BYU at fourteen, and then Grand Canyon at fifteen. And uh, for me, those two, do we? Do we flip those two? Did you have? Yeah, flip, I have. Uh, I have BYU ahead. I have BYU ahead yeah. of Grand Canyon. Or no, I have so, uh, BYU right behind, and you have Grand Canyon right uh, right behind. Yeah, and I so went back and forth on those. Um, oh no, I have Grand Canyon fifteen. Um, yeah, we have BYU you? fourteen. I have. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we we have them the the same. Okay. Oh no, we haven't flipped. We haven't flipped. Yeah, yeah. So so I. I but whatever, like those those two teams, like their resumes look exactly alike. Yeah, um, I, to me, it, to me, those. Uh, Grand Canyon has the win over UCSB, which helps. Um, well, they and they have the win over CSU. Against... They have the big win over CSU this weekend, which yeah. is why I ended up giving them the nod over BYU. Yeah, that's 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 probably fair. I, for to me, uh, that Santa Clara loss. Um, you know, they had the Santa Clara loss, which I think is kind of the same as the UCSB loss. Maybe you could argue it's better, um, but. They have the CSU win and the UCSB win. I just feel like they've played more games um, to give them a little bit more uh, of an opportunity to show. And to me, the biggest thing is they haven't left, um, you know, haven't left a home. They've played all home Yeah, games. all these games have been at home. Um, Every single game yeah, they've had and, has been at home. BYU so lost BYU two games was, in California. Every yeah, game so Grand Canyon's had has been at home. Yeah, so I give a little bit of edge to the fact that, that BYU is going out and traveling uh, early. Um, you know, next week, I don't know if that'll be an argument because they're playing, I think, Thursday or Saturday. So we'll have, we'll know, you know, very clear. But again, in, in Arizona, I mean, if you yeah. look at air, like if you look at Grand Canyon schedule, they have one game in Concordia that in California and a game against a, just an awful UNLV team this year, um, in Las Vegas, but that's their only games that are not at home. So every yeah. other game's at home. So you think you think for if you're a GCU that's hanging around 15, and you've heard historically that the tournament committee is going to weigh how much you travel, they're in trouble. Like they need they need to pick up a win against BYU and probably Concordia. If if you assume that they're maybe lose to Arizona State, they need these wins. Like this is crunch time for Grand Canyon because they've got a lot stacked against them with not traveling out of the uh, uh, you know further than Con- uh, Concordia. That's their longest road trip. It's going to work against them in the selection committee. Yeah, yeah. So for that, I have I have GCU below BYU, but uh, again, that's sort of a coin flip for me for those two. So real quick, let's just go uh, 16 through 20 here, and then I just want to talk about a couple teams you think to keep an eye on. I think at this point, uh, there's a lot of good arguments for teams to, to be in there. Uh, what I have, I have Florida State at 16. I have Northeastern after their UCSB win. I give them the nod at 17. I've got a Clemson at 18. Clemson has one loss to Liberty, but I like Clemson. I think they're a team on the rise. Uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna punish them too much for losing to my number six team. Uh, number 19, I put Utah Valley in at the rankings. I was a little bit surprised at the margin 
season that they beat Simon Frazier. Simon Frazier, uh, you know, you can't forget that a week ago, I think poll voters did forget last week that they actually worked Santa Clara. They won by five in a pretty convincing fashion. Uh, and then to come out to Utah and have Utah Valley and BYU both beat them uh, significantly. I think it's a really good showing for a Utah Valley team that I think is on the rise. I would say that there's probably some proximity bias there that I know the Utah Valley team. I've seen what they've been trying to build. I know some of the players that are there now. Um, I think they're going to be a good team. I don't know that they'll hang around the top 25 all year, but I think they're probably worth a shot getting in the polls uh, and taking up some votes this this week. That was a really good win for them. Uh, and then I have Santa Clara, Colorado State, UCSB, Minnesota, Dominican, Oregon, USC, Western Michigan, Arizona, Florida. Pick pick whoever you want to be in that 20 through 25 spot. I think all those teams have an argument. Western Michigan knocked off uh, – uh, West Virginia today, pretty nice win for them. They haven't lost a game yet. They should probably start getting some consideration. Minnesota takes out Duluth in, uh, or sorry, not Duluth, uh, Davenport in pretty convincing fashion. Dominican hasn't lost yet. Um, Oregon has that nice win, a, a also a commanding win over um, Santa Barbara. Uh, USC has been tight with everybody they played. So a lot of arguments. Arizona's done a nice job. There's a ton of teams for me from 20 through 20 five that you could put in uh just don't make it some random team that, that that doesn't deserve any of these votes you know last week i would have considered arkansas i would have considered indiana i would have considered davenport i would have considered west virginia and all those teams lost this week and i think that kind of bumps them down so there's some other teams to start to consider to put in there a western michigan and arizona a florida who play who had a pretty uh pretty good weekend even in, in some of their losses uh those are the teams i'd consider for those next spots yeah, uh, I mean, all, all good teams. Uh, for me, the 16 and 17 spot, I felt pretty good. And really 18, I felt pretty good about. I have CSU at 16, Stanford at 17, 18, Oregon. And then from there, I, I – Okay, I, so I, Oregon I at 18. <laughs> Talk to me about Oregon at 18. What do you like about Oregon so far? Is the, is the Santa Bar or is the Simon Fraser win that impressive? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe it's not. I, I mean, maybe I'm going off historical bias there. I just uh, – I, I thought uh, – um, you know, they had done some good things. I saw a little bit um, of, the, I can't remember which game it was, um, but uh, the Simon Fraser game, I think, was is probably what I'm leaning the most on. Um, and Simon Fraser and, just, uh, just lost twice by a bigger margin. Like, I was impressed by the Simon yeah. Fraser win after Simon Fraser beat Santa Clara. But now you now yeah. knowing that Santa Simon Fraser came and got blown out by UVU and blown out by BYU, I just think, I think it's tough to reward Oregon that much for that win at this point. Yeah, no, that's fair. I guess for me, the biggest thing is like Oregon doesn't have any question marks. Everyone else below them, I start having question well, marks. Well, you, like you have the two-goal loss to Colorado State who just got blown out by Grand Canyon and Arizona State. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I have CSU at 16. But but yeah, I mean, this is where I think all the questions start happening. For, do, you think, for, do you think it would be me. okay for us to just assume that I was right there in that, in that little <laughs> bit? Uh, yeah, I think I think we can we can no, maybe assume that. Don't do that. I <laughs> I will say the one team that you left off that I think deserves to be in that conversation. I don't know where they fit in the mix. Uh, is Georgia? I you know I think they've yeah, kind of been up and, and down. And, and but Georgia, Georgia, it, like they, I, I kind of put my poll together a little bit before the game, and so I took into account the Georgia loss for Texas A and M, but maybe not so much the Georgia win. Um, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, and. And most of their losses, I think, were to good teams. I, I yeah, mean, I'm Clemson, looking, Boston like, College, Clemson, South Carolina. Boston, yeah, I mean, those are those aren't um, bad teams. So uh, I, I don't know where they fit in there. But they'd, be, they'd be a team that would be worthy of a vote in the top. Yeah, 25. I think they're in the discussion for for those spots. I'm looking over my notes, trying to see if there's anyone else that we haven't talked about. But, um, but yeah, I think Western uh, Michigan was the other team. I've, you you t- you mentioned a little bit, but I think what they did uh, to West Virginia. Um, you know, just something to keep an eye on. I don't know if I have a lot of confidence that they're in the top 25, but 
you know, they're, they're pushing for it. Well, great. Uh, we've gone probably a little bit longer than we normally will on this podcast. We're going to try and keep it around a half hour. Uh, we're a little bit longer with some of the introductions and, and things, um, but we'll post our rankings up so you can see them on our website. It's a little bit easier to visually see them. Hopefully, we've given you guys something to think about. If you agree with us, disagree with us, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at VV Lacrosse for myself. You can find it at uh, T Red. Uh, is it just T Red 37? Uh, just T Red. At T Red, he has at T Red. It's a big get on yeah. on Twitter. Uh, yeah. But you can find him at T Red or uh, at Red Rankings. If you'd like to see where the Red Rankings lay up, you can always find those uh, as well through through Taylor. We'll post those up. Yeah, there's those there's are- a link on uh, on the Red Ranking Twitter page. Um, yeah. Uh- and there's also a link on Virtually Varsity uh, homepage to to see those as well. A uh, couple plugs before we go. If you guys, uh, if you're looking for the games that are being streamed, uh, we've been trying to keep up with all the games and keep them on virtuallyvarsity.com/streams. If you have a stream, uh, if you're streaming a game for your team, uh, add it on there. So you can just go to that same website. There's a button to submit your stream. Put it on there. I try to vet all the streams to make sure they're legit. We've had a little bit of an issue this year with some fake streams where some jerk is uh, trying to scam people into money by saying they're streaming a game uh, when really they're not. So be wary of those. But if you put them on the stream site, I'll vet them. I'll make sure they're good. Go to virtuallyvarsity.com slash streams to find all your games. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VV Lacrosse, at T-Red, uh, and we'd love to interact with you guys. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. If not, uh, don't listen next week, but maybe subscribe just so our numbers look a little bit better. <laughs> um, and, 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 and tell us, give us some hot takes or things you don't yeah. agree on so we can, we can debate them on here next time. So Jordan well, and, and I love arguing. So. And if you like, if you have a great hot take, just record it and send it to us, and we'll play it right in the podcast. We don't even attach your name to it, uh, but get your get your voice memo out, uh, record it, DM it to us, email us at podcast at virtuallyvarsity.com. Uh, send us your hottest take, and and we'll address it. We'll talk about it. We'll or tell us where we were wrong, and we'll talk about it next week. We'd love to hear that all the time uh, because then we get a chance to tell you why we were actually right and you ended up being wrong. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite pastimes. So, anyways, thank you guys a ton for listening. It was a, a lot of fun to sit down. On it and take some of the arguments that Taylor and I have had via text and, and some of some conversations we've had with you on Twitter and put it in a podcast format. We're looking forward to doing it more. So uh, for Jordan Harris and Taylor Red, thanks a ton and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.